This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Let's do the show, folks! Come, come, come! And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report! Star Wars Report! Woo! Star Wars Report! The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Well, hi there. Welcome to the Star Wars Report. That's about as long as I'm going to do that voice. Hey, guys, it's Riley Blanton, host of Star Wars Report Podcast. <laughs> I have no idea where that came from at all. Other than I feel kind of like a VIP. I do. I do. Okay. I, I do, Scott Wright. In my mind, when you said that, I saw you with a black cigar cigarette holder. All right. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, yes. We've had, a, we had an excellent experience at Disneyland, you see. Um, we oh, did. Now, now it's cigars and brandy. Yeah, okay. I know. Actually. Got it. <laughs> Lovey. I just need to toss in a lovey. I wonder how many people get that reference. <laughs> Scott Reifen, everybody. How's it going, man? Ah, hey, great. Howdy. I love the fact that you got a hold of me today earlier and said, hey, want to do Star Wars Report tonight? I said, yeah. So then I got home and I'm like, I'm going to prep for the show. I'm going to see what they have on their, uh, the prep sheet for the Star Wars Report. <laughs> so I looked it up and I clicked on it and there ain't nothing there. Yeah. No, well, there is now as of five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Thanks. Yeah, you know, you're right. I'm back. Uh, I'm so, back. This is the final yeah. episode of the podcast in Las Vegas. Um, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm, me this is my last week here in in Sin City. Thank God. Um, <laughs> it's not. Yeah, I noticed you're not staying put too long. I I get. I, I've been. I've been gone from every. We have weekends off. I'm here for Air Force training. Um, if I told you anything else, I'd have to kill you. No, it's not. Gonna, but I'm here for Air Force training. Um, and, but we have weekends off. And so pretty much every weekend I've been visiting, uh, I've been escaping, I, I dare say the Sin City off to California, which is saying something for this Southern boy. (laughs) When, when, um, when Anaheim, well, obviously it's Disney, but when Anaheim slash LA is an escape, (laughs) that's saying something. Truth. But it is Disneyland. It is the the motherland. Mm, yes, yes. the The most magical place on earth, and then the world is what the happiest place, or is it vice versa? I always confuse these the two. Uh, the happiest is Disneyland. Yes, that's and happiest. We're the most magical over happiest here in Florida. Pla- happiest place on earth, unless you're three blocks away, in which case you might trip over a homeless person. Oh no! <laughs> it's 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 Anaheim's its own beast. Uh, I will say that. Um, actually, you know what? I feel like I don't know if it's newsworthy, but here on the show, we're gonna make it newsworthy. Uh, Riley was at yes. Disneyland. Have something to report. Sir, I have good news. Data brought to us by the Botham spies. We can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. I am at the first step, ladies and gentlemen. I do admit there is a problem. Uh, <laughs> I was back. I was back at the uh, the mouse house. Uh, this last weekend, well, it's funny is that like they do these military tickets that are an amazing discount. 
uh, a shout out to the fine folks at Disney who give these great first responder and active military discounts. But you buy them, you know, several days at a row, but they're the price of like one day normal pricing. Uh, but I had yeah. one, I went over Memorial Day weekend and that was the one time this year I was going to be at Disneyland. But I had that one day left on my pass. I'd only gone two out of my three days and it's good till the end of the year. This is how I justified it. And huh. I was back here in Las Vegas for training, and I realized, oh, that's a a cheap car rental and a four-hour drive away, four-and-a-half-hour drive away. And so there, that's what I did. This last weekend, I was at Disneyland, and, and the news, I think it's newsworthy. This is my pitch. I think it's worth talking about the news, not just me uh, pontificating about how much I love Disney, uh, which will probably happen to some extent. But um, Welcome I, I to felt, Mouse and Castle. I know, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, you can go there for even more, which is what I'm recording later tonight. So, <laughs> but no, seriously, I um, I was, I got to kind of go witness the the sort of top story in the world of of Disney, uh, you know, at least the Disney community online right now, which is this this, as as you see by some of the more uh, theatrical headlines, this this ghost yes. town, this absolute desert. Yes. No one's so going to Disney. It is just, you'll see pictures online of Main Street just being empty. Yeah. I find that not entirely believable. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, just for you guys here at the podcast, I I went in person. Kind of like the New York Times. We're kind of like that. I was. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. You did this just for us? Just for the podcast listeners. Oh, I see. Because I just kind of got it was like for your Uh, pleasure. uh, You could think it was like a little get together, fun day trip nearby city. But no. No. I'm there to report the facts, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'm here for for you. I think somebody had to say it. Somebody's (laughs) got to say the truth. (laughs) Is it really empty? Kind of, yeah. (laughs) That's Is the, it really? As I went all that way. So uh, it's not, not unlike the New York Times. I was listening to the New York Times Daily Podcast where they're talking about some economic issue in China because it's, it's the New York Times and they're highfalutin like that. And, they're well, like, the and thing, so we yeah. sent our reporter to Mongolia to discuss the economic impact. And I'm like, wait, you paid for a report? That's their Skype now. You could get like a local expert yeah. or something or a Mongolian report. No, we sent our reporter live on scene. For, yeah. So that was me. I, I, for you guys, I went live on Gosh. scene to Disneyland. And, and they're saying this is because of Galaxy's Edge, that Galaxy's Edge is an abject failure. And that because of uh, the lack of interest in Star Wars, nobody cares anymore. Last Jedi destroyed interest in all of the franchise. The whole park. No. Well, so and here's the so honest assessment is that it's probably at about I'd say sixty five percent, a substantial dip from anything I've ever seen before. It's definitely noticeable, but there's still a good hopping crowd there. But like I can just going through Main Street, you're not like shoulder to shoulder with people in the middle of the day it's it's kind of like a nice flow of traffic and it's actually it's delightful um it's probably more because of this annual pass holder blockout which is the dumbest idea i've had um i wonder how much who made that decision and how much money it cost disney um that's what i want to know because that's, that's a good question because annual pass holders may not pay any extra for their tickets, which is what they wanted them to do. They want to pay like another hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, but they, but they eat. Yes. And they eat and they eat and the food and they the shop. margins on the food. There's pretty wide and they shop. Oh yes, they shop. 
Yeah, no, exactly. Um, but it was interesting to go back to a, because the, the first time I went, it was still in that first, I want to say it was the third week it was open, and they were still kind of working the kinks out, um, and, and they still had, they had the wristband system to limit capacity at the park. And uh, mm. so it was still kind of new. This is just like it's already blended in and it's a normal day-to-day part. So re- the actual crowd at Galaxy's Edge was very manageable and, and a little bit, I'd say a good chunk lighter than when we went over Memorial Day weekend uh, when they were using wristbands. So, uh, but but it was definitely, it uh, it definitely, you have an idea of kind of what they want it to be. And, and here's, I guess, what I want is my big takeaway from the trip, at least specifically with Galaxy's Edge, keeping it Star Wars related here. That's that. Um, it was me, my sister Bethany, uh, her roommate, and her roommate's boyfriend. Uh, so it was like the four of us. And he's a a pretty big Star Wars fan. He loves the movies. He's seen them all. Like just got the Blu-rays recently and watched them all in chronological order, just for fun. They're like a pretty hardcore guy by standard, he, by most measurements. Um, but he doesn't follow what about, like. What about, by, what about by height? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you a pretty big fan that way. <laughs> Listen, I've, I'm not, no comment, um, <laughs> but he, but he was. I kind of became the the tour guide for Galaxy's Edge because I've sort of made myself as a giant Disney parks nerd now a, the gal the Galaxy's Edge guy. That's like basically half of what we talk about over at the Mouse and Castle podcast. Um, so I got to like show him like oh there's where the Dianoga shows up every 15 minutes if you catch it or oh this is where this is how the park works if you enter this section it's the resistance and this area is the first order and there's going to be you'll encounter you know resistance characters here first order characters there um, you know seeing his face light up as that's really the, the most amazing thing in the park is when you see the Millennium Falcon the first time that's the that's sure. the moment for pretty much any Star Wars fan so it's like really cool to see it through his eyes but I I um, about halfway through the day, we'd kind of done the tour, gone around to the different shops. We, we ate at Docking Bay 7 um, and had just kind of uh, went through the droid building shop and saw kind of what they were doing. And I just asked him, so what do you think of the party? He's like, wow, it's amazing attention to detail and design and stuff. But, man, it's a lot of shopping. <laughs> it really is, though. I kind yeah. of when I when you just kind of go there and walk through the by percentage of square footage, um, it is a lot of shopping, and that's because really the centerpiece is Smuggler's Run, and that's the most Star Warsy part of the park is the mil- freaking Millennium Falcon and flying the freaking Millennium Falcon, like that's the coolest part of the whole park. But that's yeah. you know it's one ride, so it's it's not like they have seven incredible in-depth star wars experiences it's like they have one and then all of the like incredible set design around it that happens to offer uh, booths and shops and rest and restaurants and drink stands and more booths and shops and 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 that sort of thing so it's like i think it kind of reinforced to me how incredible the potential is and how amazing the design and feel of the of galaxies as a, as a place to hang out but it's there is a kind of feeling especially as a big fan of like what do i do now like is there more to do and it that that absence of the rise of resistance is really is really felt um really it's just because like, it just doesn't offer as long of an experience you got one thing to do and then you're walking around 
Exactly. Like, oh, which, and there's plenty of like other cool things. Like, here's blue milk, or if you want to spend a hundred bucks, you can build a droid, or spend two hundred bucks, you can build a lightsaber. But if you don't do those experiences, which are kind of, I mean, they're experiences, but they're still at the end of the day, you're buying a product. You're just yes. paying premium for the experience of, you know, building it. But um, yeah. it kind of, I, I now having been back at Galaxy's Edge, that's kind of what I can report. So if you're listening to the podcast and you've been like thinking about going. Um, like at this point, since we're only a few months out, I'm going to say go when Rise of the Resistance is open. Like it's, it's worth waiting for, if, especially if you can, if you're not the kind of person who lives nearby and can make that trip. Cause I know Scott, you, you can go almost anytime you want to, um, as far as driving yeah. distance. But like, if you weren't, if you were like trying to plan is cause when's your next trip planned? Uh, December 13th. Okay. All right. So we but, are booked at the uh, we're booked at Saratoga Springs, though we have a wait list in place for the boardwalk. Oh, nice. Is it when does it? Yeah. I know it's December. Is it before or after Rise of Rise of the Resistance? Uh, Rise of Resistance opens on the fifth. We're oh. there on the thirteenth. Nice. So see, we're not only there. You did it after it opens, but we get them a chance to work a bug or two out. Let's see. That's perfect. And you'll be at a resort, so you can go during um, uh, magic extra, extra, magic yeah, extra, extra. That's that's what it is. So and I think so. You've made the right decision because I really think that's think the cine- the centerpiece as as far as the park goes. And like and that when I when he kind of made the comment about shopping, he had that we were saving Millennium Falcon for last. That's the last thing we did, and absolutely loved it. It was a great time. Um, and it is it is a really well designed ride that definitely has a very unique rewritable. Um, is that a word? Rewritable. It <laughs> is now. It is now. Um, aspect to it. Especially that that additional challenge of like the better you are at it, the longer it lasts. The the longer the ride goes on, depending on how well you're doing at your mission. And I love that. That's like my favorite part mm. of the ride. Um, it feels like for I'm sure it's like the difference of like it extends by a minute or two or maybe three. Um, but it feels like forever when you're when you're in it. If you're like uh, if you have these miniature successes, I'm trying not to spoil things. Um, although I'm sure half of you guys listening, you've already like seen the, the video walkthroughs, etc. Yeah, and and you've read some of the synopses that have escaped for Rise of the Resistance, right? Yes, I have. It looks like it. It's I pitched it to Garrison, my son, the other day. Yeah. As it strikes me as a combination of Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Tower of Terror. Hmm. And oh, there was one more thing that I can't remember what it is now. Maybe Spider Man. Yeah, it is interesting because the whole design of the ride is is based on these these pods that you get in that both can maneuver on a track and then unbuckle from the track and do some other cool things. Yeah, uh, which is pretty freaking great, if you ask me. That's what I say. Yeah, and then it goes up and it goes down and it's uh just. This thing is going to be. I, I'm. I'm very excited for that. I'm very glad that uh, we're yeah. waiting, and that we're getting. That we're getting it before California. Yeah. No, for sure, for sure. And I know this is a big deal to you, uh, Mr. Scott Rifen. But uh, there's more booze there. <laughs> yes, that excites me no end. <laughs> I'm sure, sure it does. I just. I'm. I'm so. You know, it, well, it doesn't. It actually doesn't bother me so much that they're flooding all the other parks with tons of booze, but it just it does bother me that they have worked it into the Magic Kingdom so thoroughly in the last couple of 
Walkers. Well, where have... that was the one place where Walt was like, exactly. not here. Well, when what besides this? Where is there? Has there been alcohol available in the Magic Kingdom before? Well, let me let me tell you my story. <laughs> this probably now here's should a be story. An episode of. <laughs> This probably should be an episode of Mouse and Castle. I'll clip, I'll clip uh, this segment they, out and I'll put it in the Mouse and yeah, Castle this week. Yeah. When they opened the Be Our Guest restaurant, yeah. they did not serve any alcohol in the park and they decided they were going to do beer and wine at, at Be Our Guest. Okay. And right. when people said, wait a minute, you're not supposed to do alcohol at the Magic Kingdom, they said, oh, well, this is a, it's an authentic French restaurant. And if we're going to be authentically French, we've got to have beer and wine for sale, which was the stupidest excuse ever because. They've got Tony's Town Square and Main Street, which is supposed to be, uh, you know, an authenticish Italian restaurant. Yeah. And who has an Italian restaurant without wine? Without well, they wine, did for yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we went there right after they opened, and I sat down. I had my authentic French dinner of a steak and fries, <laughs> and not really that authentically French. Let me just say, yeah. Um, you know, French dip is not really French. Hmm. So. Uh, you know, it's not it's not a, a gigantic French thing, but um, so they did that, and then a year or two ago, about a year and a half, two years ago, they decided they were just going to go open season on all the sit down restaurants, all the table oh. service restaurants. So they all serve. Alcohol. So yeah, now I, Tony's does. No way. Liberty Tree does. My beloved Liberty Tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, Skipper Canteen, which by the way, have you been to Skipper Canteen? I have not. I've not been to most of the sit-down restaurants oh. at, at Magic Kingdom, I have to say. Oh, you have to. And Skipper Canteen is an adventure in and of itself. One of the best things about it is there's a library. Mm. There's like a secret dining room that's behind a bookcase, Ooh. a series of bookcases. And when you go look at the bookcases, they look just like any old books yeah. that are sitting on the shelf in your uh, in somebody's living room. But nice. the titles are all bizarre, goofy jokes on Disney Park stuff. Oh, really? See, that's amazing. Yeah. I love that. And the, the attention to detail is staggering because you think, oh, it's just a bunch of, they just grabbed a bunch of spines of books, right? No. Yeah. It's, no, they're, it's thorough. But what about, the, does that mean like, but no, there aren't any quick, do quick service places serve alcohol? Not, not yet. They're about if, to. Uh, I take you to Ronto Roasters. Ronto Roasters. Yeah, um, which is a t- quick service. It yeah. is indeed a quick service. They have the Coruscant Cooler, which is Maker's Mark Bourbon. Luxardo, I have no idea what that is. A maraschino liqueur. love that word, liqueur. And uh, yeah. let's see, a Carpano Antica. Uh, I, I, I had it wrong. Carpano Antica Sweet Vermouth. You kill my father. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and cranberry <laughs> lime juice. Uh, that one actually, that's a punch. I, I'm surprised that they're doing bourbon at a quick service. The the Docking Bay 7, which I guess that's not quick service. It's technically sit down, but the one at, at land really feels like quick, quick service. There's space to sit down, but, yeah. you know, it, it. you literally order at the counter. It's served really quickly. They only have a couple dishes. Uh, but they, I, you know, they have two drinks that they're going to do as well. The Takadana Quencher, yes. which is a rum-based uh, Blue Caraco uh, drink. And then they have a beer as well, the uh, Gold Squadron Jaeger. Um, I saw that. I saw that. So, but which is which is kind of interesting because it, it it does that mean you can actually carry these at the say the quick service? Can you just like carry this around Galaxy's Edge with you? Can you carry an open container, so to speak? I assume that you would have to be able to. I, and and here's the thing. Look, I, I, you know, I don't drink. Sure. Yes. And I don't. And I'm not out there trying to get prohibition passed or sure. anything again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm. I, 
I, I you know people to each to each his own no problem yeah but they're just I, I don't understand the obsession we have in our culture these days where you have to drink everywhere hmm everything seems to have to be about drinking anymore well exactly well use this as a case in point if you're making galaxy's edge i said you know what the perfect place to serve alcoholic beverages is the cantina the cantina but yeah. at ronto roasters yeah yeah cantina okay fine do it do what you got to do it's a bar even, even docking bay seven you could kind of a docking bay like i could see that but like the quick service they were just shelling out this bourbon drink <laughs> at ronto <laughs> roasters how many whoopie whoopie does it cost? <laughs> what whoopie? That's my. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, oh, they also have Trandoshan Ale, which is a co- concrete beach brewery, sixteen ounce draft spiced wheat ale. I I found I I feel more and more like a snob as I read these drink titles. <laughs> oh God! Um, but yeah. Hey, uh, hmm. Can I can I throw a little WDW at you? Hit me. Um, a buddy of mine I was at lunch Saturday, and a buddy of mine sent me a text and said, "Hey, guess what I'm about to do?" Mm. And I said, "What?" And he goes, "I am going to a Walt Disney Imagineering preview of Galaxy's Edge at WDW." Ooh. And Which, I said, I "When those... is that happening?" He said, "In about an hour." And I said, "That's not enough time for me to be your plus one." <laughs> and uh, he said, uh, "Actually, I'm someone else's plus one." So. Mm. Uh, I requested thorough documentation and muchos photos, which I did receive. Oh. Uh, he sent me photos of the passes they used to get in. A well, lot of shots of the Falcon. Care to report anything jump out to you? Maybe particularly that you hadn't seen from the pictures of uh, the the land version. No, it's it. But what's so funny to me is you forget how simple and basic the buttons. And that kind of thing were in the original Star Wars. Yeah. And so when these things are authentic and true, you, you go, well, geez, they didn't spend a lot on that, did, did they? So, <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's authentic, though. It's right. It's uh, the Falcon looks amazing. It just looks, yeah, it's shockingly inc- it's good. Inc- he also sent me a shot of an A wing. Mm, yep, the A wing. They have the the A wing and, and X wing. R two D two dome salad bowl. Huh. Now that's one I hadn't it seen. Is, it's a perfect R2-D2 head, but it's upside down. How much do you think that is? Uh, you can buy it? I hadn't seen this at all at, at yeah. Disneyland. I mean, probably yes. like, I'm guessing 20 bucks, 30 bucks. Oh, 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 oh my friend. Uh, it, it's a salad <laughs> bowl, right? Yes. It's, it's, it's not a salad bowl. It's not the actual replica of, of, of R2-D2's head. I'm saying 30 bucks. Yeah. I'm s- 75 big ones. What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. It looks great though. Mm. Well, I wonder maybe people are, I wonder if people are stealing them. Don't know. That was the other product of going to the Disneyland version is that they just serve boring regular forks now. (laughs) Oh yeah. I heard they got rid of the sports because people were stealing them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, They were a bunch of jerks. Listen. We can't have anything nice. This exactly. This is exactly why we we can't. So they they just kicked off the previews for Disney World, which opens. I haven't tracked the exact date because, uh, it, but it's this month. I know it's August. I think it's like in a August twenty ninth. Oh, okay, end of the month. Nice, nice. Yeah, twenty ninth. I, I plan on uh going in September sometime. Mm. Um, so uh, Scott, I'll I'll just pick you up on the way down. 
<laughs> as we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the only thing is getting to be football season, and as the play-by-play uh, -play voice of the Glen Academy Red Terrors, I will not have a lot of free time over the next several months. Oh, one of the reasons gosh. we're doing it in December. Mm, um, one yeah. of the other reasons is our anniversary trip. Yes, yes, true, true. And uh, the other reason is we our annual passes, we, we, we do a thing. Because yeah. we go every December, we buy an annual pass, and we and the other thing with our travel schedule is we do a nine day trip every other summer. Okay, as I think you know. Yeah, yeah, I knew it was so, a long one. One annual pass will cover December, summer, and December, and then we let the pass lapse for a year. Oh, interesting. So this is yeah. So this is the lapse year. Yeah. Well, I, that's not and it bad. saves us some money. Uh, oh, absolutely, because those tickets are ridiculous. Because like, I'm super yes, lucky because I do the the military ones, but it's like almost two hundred bucks for a park hopper now. Uh, for yeah, just oh, one yeah. day well, park hopper. Our annual passes are the the DVC gold passes, mm -hmm. and the two of us, the, the wife and I, will get ours, and it'll be twelve hundred dollars. Jeez. And those are the cheap ones. Oh my gosh. And they have what four weeks of blackout dates. Yeah, or longer if you're in Anaheim. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly that. Well, sir, I'll tell you what. Let's uh, let's steer away from the news because there. Uh, and by the news, I mean me going to Disney because there's not really a lot this week. I guess <laughs> there's there's star there's Star Wars Reads Day. It's back. Congratulations, everybody. Um, yeah. Not really my thing, <laughs> obviously. But it's. Wait, you don't a, like to read? It's a bit of you know. I just uh, I just like can, just can, talk. At can me. I give you? Can I give you a Star Wars read tip? Uh, sure. Like Reed's because Day or reading in general? Not, no, not Reed's Day. Oh, yeah, who cares? Um, <laughs> huh? I just said, who cares? So. Reed's Day. Um, that was reading in general. Star Wars, the Star Wars reading in general tip. And here it is. The, um, because I've been searching the cheap Kindle books for a little while now. Because, okay. uh, that other franchise puts about Battlestar Galactica. In, yeah. <laughs> the other star franchise. Uh, puts um, puts about six to nine of their books on sale for 99 cents every month. And that's pretty good on Kindle, on Kindle. And so I started checking the Star Wars stuff. There is a slew of Star Wars books that are on Kindle for four ninety nine on sale. What the heck? Like Legends or recent stuff? Yeah, legends and recent stuff. Tons of it. Damn. Nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's it, it just what you do is you, you have to slog through a little bit of junk, but basically... Uh, do a search for in the Kindle store for Star Wars, and then sort it by prices low to high. Okay. And uh, the lowest price I'll go ahead and tell you is going to be four ninety nine. So you want to skip a few pages ahead till you get to that because there's a lot of just unlicensed junk at the bottom end. Yeah. But uh, you would not believe the volume of and I'm talking like Last Jedi novelization. Uh, wow. Last shot I got for four ninety nine. Wow. Um, yeah, there's a ton of them, and and there's a lot of legend stuff too, the tales from Empire and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I like it. It's all in there. It's all in there. So uh, if you guys want to get cheap Star Wars Kindle books, they're there right now. Well, that's that's probably a, thirty of them. That's a way better tip and slash segment than talking about Reed's Day would be. There's a bunch <laughs> of local libraries doing Star Wars stuff. Congratulations, people. Uh, hey, you know what? Yeah. It's time. Let's jump in. I think it'll, I feel like this this is gonna be a little bit of a longer Boba's bounty. So let's get into it. It's worth a lot to me. Okay. As you wish. 
So my Boba's Bounty, uh, they they gave us money. They sponsored us actually a few, we- a few weeks ago, and like, and we did we played a little segment. It was Inside Star Wars, the new podcast from Wondery. And I'd listened yes. to the whole first episode. They sent it over. I really enjoyed it. And they did a sponsorship. And the whole series com- uh, has been completed for a few weeks now. But I only just now finished the entire series. And it was so dang good that I'm here to talk about it again for free. <laughs> that's, actually, nice. that's how much I loved it. It was, um, it was amazing. It's interesting because it's a very... It's a very specific style, an audio dramatization from Mark yeah. Ramsey, and it that takes. That kind of worried me. It gets some. It does take some getting used to, um, but I, I ended up really enjoying it, um, mostly because of the detail he goes in to dramatize and lay out on a human level the the production and story of of Star Wars, and and he in in doing so he writes out. Uh, it, it's really clever because it morphs in and out. It's like um, morphs into like quotes from newspapers and radio shows back in the day and interviews that are real from the the behind the scenes stuff we've always seen. But it kind yeah. of he he takes kind of facts and background stories and fills them in on a first person narrative that he fictionalizes like you would if there were like a George Lucas biopic type of thing, right? And so like there's this this scene early on of a confrontation between him and his dad about whether or not he take over the family paper business. And it's dramatized. The stationary store. Yeah, the stationary store. And he it's dramatized in a way that like we don't know exactly what was said or what it was like. But it really kind of puts a human level on this sort of the young, rebellious, headstrong George Lucas. And 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 really put it. It's a do, different new context on that story that we know so well. And I only just now finished it. And he like he does he he digs in pretty hardcore. That's the other nice thing about it being kind of unofficial and not from Lucasfilm is he digs into some of the uglier stories, like the the rivalries between Kenny Baker and Anthony Daniels. Um, oh, nice! Like he tells like like a gut wrenching first person story of. Uh, Kenny Baker's um, uh, uh, bastard son out of wedlock from the era who didn't even know he was until like a few years ago. And I think he wrote a blog post about it or something, but he dramatizes wow. that story, that element of the story. Carrie Fisher's death on the airplane. He like digs into it and Whoa. and recreates the narrative in first person store uh, in first person form, instead of just kind of going through and reporting like, uh, this happened and that happened. So, like, you hear the sounds of the plane and the and it's told through the perspective of like a passenger next to it. It's just like this really interesting take, and it took some getting used to because it's it's an audio drama, and like we don't yeah. have those anymore. That's not a thing. It's I mean, it used to be, but yeah. I, I I just love the way it was done, and I kind of wanted to. It it carries it all the way through the prequel era. The last two episodes carry it through the prequel era and to the Disney purchase, and um. I thought I'd play this little clip where his real goal is to kind of, and I'm, I'm maybe putting words in his mouth, but the sense I got from the series is that he, he, he has this desire to show George Lucas on a human level and does a really good job of what that's like. And, and this, this is about a 90-second clip that I have from hit George Lucas's infamous dinner with Bob Iger uh, at that, right outside of that celebration. Yeah, uh, in, in 2012. In 2012, yeah. Uh, we'll take a quick listen, and I'll kind of get your reaction, Scott, and it might uh, lend to some interesting discussion. Here we go. 
Iger was leaving space for Lucas to talk. Shrewd, right? George would have to exhale the words. And he didn't know if he could. Bob, I've been... I've been thinking of, uh... Selling the company, selling Lucasfilm. Iger sat tight-lipped. He was salivating, and not at the thought of a fine filet mignon. Lucasfilm, he knew, wasn't just the key to every Star Wars movie ever made. It was the key to every corner of the Star Wars universe yet to come. Its worth to Disney was beyond calculation. Bob, I want to retire. I, I want to... I want to do something else. Do what, George? Lucas had no idea, and just the thought of it gave him agita. Uh, I don't know. Something else. Uh, Bob, no matter who owns Star Wars, it'll always be linked to me. It'll be on my tombstone. I, we at Lucasfilm, we understand the franchise better than anybody else. We know how to make, market, and license these films. We need to keep Lucasfilm intact. We need to retain some control. George, if Disney owns Lucasfilm, Disney calls all the shots. All the final say is ours, not yours. You're going to have to surrender control. Bread? No, no, thanks. Lucas didn't want bread. Lucas didn't want lunch. (laughs) He might not eat for days. He had spent his life battling for control. He had been the rebel who bucked the Hollywood system. He fought against short-sighted studio executives and was proved right again and again. Control, it was priceless to him. And he would have to give it up. Bob, when I was a kid in 1955, there was one place I wanted to be. And one day I wanted to be there, only one. And that was opening day at Disneyland. I was 11. I remember the rides, the bumper cars, the shooting galleries, the jungle rides, the rocket to the moon. It was magic. Bob Disney is the only place in the world I would trust with Star Wars. But Iger bit his lip. I'll, I'll sell on one condition. I've written outlines for episodes seven through nine, the final episodes of the Skywalker story. So you kind of get the um, the way it plays out from there. But it's it's a really that kind of yeah. gives you a good kind of sample of what the the series is like. It's only it's a seven part series, so it's very yeah. manageable. Each of the episodes is like thirty to forty five minutes. But I just really appreciate because like I've heard you know George Lucas at Star Wars Celebrations before has talked about his love of Disneyland. So he just kind yeah. of he just kind of twists and turns like anecdotes that I've heard before yeah. um, into something that bread, <laughs> bread, that was... like some bread, sir. You want a cup of Java <laughs> juice? I was like right in the middle. I'm like all engrossed, and all of a sudden, would you like some bread? <laughs> George didn't want bread. Neither did I. Stop it. Leave her out of it. <laughs> What's that? Um, but it's interesting because it does like. Um, it's it's funny how the era of Disney has made people pine for George Lucas in a way that, like, I remember when I started this podcast where that was the minority feeling. Like, you felt, uh, pun intended, like a rebel. Like, uh, the prequel kid was like this, who liked the prequels, was this weird outcast in the, in the internet corners. And now we have, like, the prequel memes 
and like the Disney Star Wars sucks crowd, and like you have all of these factions about it, and it's changed so much. It used to be it used to be so simple. It was just like people hated the Phantom Menace, and you know we just had to l- learn to live with that if we liked the Phantom Menace. Like that was my yeah. that was my gig back in the day when I started the show. Yeah, I'd go into a room ready for a fight on Phantom Menace. <laughs> oh, you hate it, huh? Let's talk about it. We can. I got you. I got your number. But you know, the funny thing is, when they sold, I was hit immediately by two feelings, two very distinct feelings. I remember this very well. It was the October 30th, 2012. And when he sold, I was two things just hit me in the head. Bam. One was, if he's going to sell it, it needs to go to Disney. There's yeah. there's really nobody else to sell it to that'll, that, that has the promise of taking care of the mantle of Star Wars. But the other thing that hit me was, oh, George, you know, you spent your entire life building this system outside the system that said, I'm sticking it to the man. I'm going up against mainstream Hollywood and I won. I beat the system. Mm -hmm. Now let me turn everything I built and make it part of the system. Yeah. And so I, I have always had those two conflicting emotions. I remember walking out of The Force Awakens the first time I saw it going, you know, I really like that, but I really wish I could have seen what George would have done with it. Yeah. And we'll never know. He's out. No. Retired. Yeah. Why don't you get a <laughs> And he job? does not want any bread. <laughs> so leave him alone. For the love of God. <laughs> Please. Why don't you get a job? <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> so true. <laughs> I don't want any bread, but come the, um, the series both crackers. <laughs> the the series both begins and ends with a fictionalized interview with George Lucas today, and it's like mm-hmm. him retired in his family house, having a great time with his kids now. Um, Photo and his bombing some physics video. <laughs> Exactly. You've seen that one. I've heard of it. I don't think I've seen the pictures though. Oh, you haven't seen it? No. Oh, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> But it's so true. I was just walking down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sir, uh, so I highly recommend we'll have a link for it in the show notes. And okay. I say an entire freebie that wasn't even part of when they, they sponsored the show a couple weeks ago. So go check it out. Wow. The uh, uh, That's never happened on the show. So high recommendation. Yeah. Uh, and like I say, if it's not if it's not your thing or if you're not used to the kind of style, it does take some getting used to. But if you just kind of appreciate the work and production uh, and narrative effort that went into it. Um, I, th- I think you'll love it. So highly recommend Inside Star Wars. Mr. Scott Rifen, how about your Boba's Bounty? Well, I actually have some bread that I was going to give to George <laughs> Lucas uh, as my Boba's Bounty today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, uh, I, I, uh, I went to Indianapolis last month. Okay. And nobody cares. But <laughs> nobody cares. Uh, they've got these half-price bookstores there. Mm-hmm. They're called half price books. Makes sense. And yeah. And uh so I'm poking around at one of those things and I found a for a, one of the few times I've ever found an old West End game source book at a decent price. For ten bucks I got the Star Wars trilogy source book special edition from West End Games. And I, I know you're a whip snapper and a young squirt and all that other stuff so you don't get what I, west end games meant to a lot of us i huh? literally only know west end games and those source books because of how much people talk about how they yeah. informed star wars but i've never well, put my hands on one and here's the thing about it is i i'm not a role-playing game guy i don't i've never played the game 
But from the moment they started coming out in 87, I started buying them, and I kind of fell off of it because they were so expensive. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I've got a number of them, and I've always loved them. I've always appreciated them because during the dark times, they were an active, vibrant, living extension of Star Wars. Yeah. And so for that, I always loved and appreciated them. And to see one of these things, when I see them cheap, I buy them, but I rarely see them cheap. So I was really happy to get this one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What, um, as a source, what exact, are they basically dictionaries before dictionaries? No, they're more, they're more like technical manuals. You know, it's, it's, here's a ship, here's a diagram of it. Here's, here's what it can do. Here's the damage it can do. Here's the quantity of the shields. Here's who manufactured it. Uh, that kind of thing. Yeah. Because, because you want to be able to put it into a role playing game situation. So, they give you the values of the strengths and defenses and all that other stuff, these things, which, which yeah. again, proves to be kind of encyclopedic. Hmm. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, so I love, them. I love it. That's awesome. Just storytelling. You know? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, man, just cause I, I can't leave it. I went up and I, I just pulled up, um, our episode. Hear that? This is from yeah. episode 68, November 2nd. Let's see. Uh, let's see what it. Let's see if I talk. A really great time. I'm glad to actually be able to see. I love it. So this was a, a Google Hangout because that's what we were doing back then. There's just me and Mark getting together that night and reacting to it. And oh, when the, when the sale took place. When the sale took place. This is episode 68 of the podcast. And wow. really fun. It, it definitely enhances the 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 interactions that we're having. Yes. And so, and if we're gonna do a video where we want. And then I'm seeing more posts from him, and I'm like, okay, and this, this, no, this is me. It's a terrible mic quality. Take a listen. Baltans died. Exactly. Uh, but it was a Tuesday, and Tuesday nights are um, my and Bethany's Civil Air Wow, I sound so bad. <laughs> Man, what, were like, you like putting it on a cassette and shipping it to Mark? <laughs> I think I was. No, I remember <laughs> it was a cheap little like. Um, Skype headset that you would get for like ten dollars. Uh, they were awful, but I didn't have my mics with me, so that's like how I was doing this show was sounding like this. I can choose the events it wants. It just sounds. But uh, it's kind of a just a process Whoa. of trying to figure out emotionally and intellectually why are why is this such a big deal. <laughs> That's just, I'm just trying to process. You can see confused nineteen year old Riley trying to process this amount of information. <laughs> It's a, that would be a fun one to go back and listen to. Yeah, I'll tell you what, because it's like buried way back in our archives. And a, uh, this, I'm going to shamelessly take this second to say a great way to get access to our complete archives of every episode we've ever produced, um, because iTunes doesn't fit them all. <laughs> we've been around that long. No, they stop at like 100. Yeah. We have a server folder that's super easy to access. We send you that URL for every single person who pledges to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. So even at the $1 tipped Jar Jar level, uh, you can uh, pledge your support to the Star Wars Report, get access to every single one of uh, our episodes we've ever produced and our Facebook chat. And we even have a $5 level a month for our Rogue Transmissions, which I think, you know what, this week, I think that'd be a really fun thing. I'll re-air, bring it to the front of the feed if you want to re-experience Riley and Mark's reaction to the acquisition. If nice. you can stand my mic quality. <laughs> And, Maybe I'll and try I to... am a five dollar Patreon subscriber, so there you go. Uh, it's right. I will be able to see it up it, front and center. It's it's right there, just that easy. Well, sir. On that note, no! I'm gonna have to end it. 
I'm afraid so. No. I've run out of time. We had these great spoiler segments we were gonna do, although I know some of you guys really don't like it, so maybe you lucked uh. out this week. Um, there's some, there's some, there's a few spoilers floating out there for Rise of Skywalker, and I'm sure Together. there'll be more coming as uh, we get more info from D23 coming up soon. So uh, stay tuned yeah. for that. I'm sure they'll have hey, a lot of stuff. So hey. let me ask you this: Secret, oh, yeah. uh, since you're recording Mouse and Castle later, yeah, uh huh. Secret uh, Disney uh, corporate announcement: Fifth Gate. Fifth, fifth gate? What am I? I'm not. Fifth gate. Fifth gate. Yeah, fifth that's gate. a. Will they they the, introduce a fifth theme park? You think? Fifth, oh, no way. Well, I mean, they got to keep up what? with Universal. Just announced their third gate. I guess so. They did, didn't they? Yeah. Which and they kind of threw down because it was like last week they announced it. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Maybe you never know. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Well, we'll be talking about um, more detail on my uh, experience at Galaxy's Edge on Mouse and Castle, uh, as well as the latest and greatest in the world of Disney. You can check that out. But hey, here for Star Wars Report, hey, uh, again, thanks to everybody supporting us on Patreon. You too can do so. Patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Or hey, if you're listening to us in the podcast app, you can uh, just open up your uh, iPhone. You'll see the links right there in the episode show notes. Makes it super easy. That's where our Patreon is or links to the stories that we talked about. Uh, you can also find my Instagram at the Riley Guy. That's where I have a lot of photos and cool things posted from the trip to Disneyland. A uh, bunch more stuff coming soon. So uh, stay tuned there. And of course, Star Wars Report at Star Wars Report everywhere. You want to find social media content. Mr. Scott Rifen, tell people where they can find you, sir. Uh, I'm on the Facebooks at uh, Rifen and at My Star Wars Story, nice. uh, which does still happen from time to time. Nice. And the most recent episode still featuring Sarah and Richard Walowski. Great people. Great story. Sweet. A dual Star Wars story. Two for the price of one. Nice. And uh, otherwise, uh, I'm on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, if you want to hear my daily talk show, that's uh, on Scott Rifen and the iHeartRadio app. And now it's in the iTunes store as well. Oh, it is. Well, yeah, hang on. As of Saturday. I think yeah. I'll just have to punch that into the old podcast app now. Mm-hmm. Mm, I like it. I like it. Well, sir, thanks so much for coming on the, the show this week. As always, we appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back next week with another show. Until next time, may the Force be with you. And remember, many Bothans died to bring you this podcast. Hey! Hey, nicely done. Good show, good show, yes. sir. Yes, well, yes. Hang on, fun, hang on. Fun, fun, fun. Like, good show, sir. Excellent, yes. excellent. Well done. Would you like some bread? This is Red October standing by. <laughs> There's a, you know... I, uh, I'm getting sucked into it, man. <laughs> Mr. Howell is like half a step removed from Sean Connery. Yeah, let's see, lovey, lovey, lovey. I swear, to, and then you've got he's a little more nasally. Mailed it. I should have mailed it to the Marx Brothers. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see that. See, the, James Arnold Taylor will put that in his next show. Goldfinger. <laughs> you expect me to talk? Goldfinger. Um. All right, sir. I'll let you go. Uh, all right, man. Appreciate it. I'll have tag you once when... uh, once we launch.